Sponsored by Skin Slipper, a safer, smarter skincare device. Hey everybody, it's Richie Rich and Westifer. We are coming to you live from West Hollywood and we have this week a very special guest, our friend Caleb. Hi. Hey, hey Caleb, welcome to the show. Yes, Caleb is an HIV positive advocate and you can follow him on social media at the underscore positive otter. And we're here to talk about today about some serious stuff and some life issues, but also fun stuff because it's social media. You and it's this show. We and, can't be too serious. And it's this show. We literally cannot take anything too seriously. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so uh, we followed each other for a while, and you're definitely gaining a, an audience, especially you know on Instagram. And really, mm-hmm. I think a lot of that is because you're really sharing your story. Would you, just for our listeners who maybe aren't following you yet, again, it's at the Positive Otter, uh, go follow him. But if if they uh, don't know your story, can you share a little bit for them and tell us all about you? Sure. So a year ago, a year ago today, actually, today is the one year anniversary of my diagnosis. Um, I was diagnosed with HIV positive and um, it was just a routine checkup. Uh, well, actually, no, that's not true. Um, I went in because I was showing signs of chlamydia that I had gotten from my brother's real estate agent and his husband. And uh, so I go in to get treated, and um, I asked to be put on PrEP, and the blood work showed that I was HIV positive. And um, it was a bit of a, a bit of a shock, mm-hmm. um, even though it wasn't much of one, because I knew the way that I led my sex life, it was relatively risky. Mm-hmm. Um so for the first month or two, I used a lot of humor and I talked to a lot of my friends and found a support system to help me kind of make because those first couple of weeks were really rough. Um, you know, I, I mean, once I was given my medicine, my first thought was I don't even really need to take this. I can just let the disease take over it and just go ahead and end it. Um, but uh, I was standing in the bathroom about to take my first pill and all of these thoughts were going through my head like I don't have my master's degree I don't have someone who says I love you every day you know a significant other at least um I haven't been outside of the U.S. I haven't traveled to all 50 states and then somewhere along the lines my thinking changed and I thought and I'm never going to be able to do that if I don't take this fucking pill so I started to kind of see the value in what my life had to offer um, and with the support system that I had, all of my friends, my brother, my cousin, um, I started realizing that me talking about it with people and me telling people about me being positive and what I was learning from the doctors and kind of my own experiences, I realized that's what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And I was a band director for the last eight years. Um, so I started looking at options to go to school. This was back in, I think, October. Um, to get my Master of Public Health, and everything kind of happened a little slowly. I was taking my time doing it because I didn't want to rush anything or make any sort of rash decision. Um, but uh, I, in January, I applied to get my Master's in Public Health, um, and I decided I was going to leave teaching. And so um, it was really rather cathartic talking to people about this because it, by telling them I was okay, I was convincing myself I was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing that made me want to talk about it the most was I was absolutely terrified of the stigma. I wasn't afraid of dying um, because I knew I would, as long as I fit my medicine, I would be, I would be fine. Um, but it was the thought I, I told I told my brother, I've always been afraid of 
ending up alone for the rest of my life and not by my choice. Um, and now this just gives someone else a reason to say no, which now I realize that's not true. And if someone does say no because of that, it's not me, it's them. Yeah. Um, so it's been really cathartic for me. And now, so I've started a new job. I work from home. Um, I just finished my second term in my master's. And I'm going to start working in the public health sector uh, for HIV prevention and education. That's amazing. That is awesome and inspiring. Good for you. Thank you. And, um, and like you said, my aunt, you know, the positive otter, I, so that was kind of a, that was kind of my experiment to see if anyone would even be interested in listening. Um, so I, I started that page and the first, the first little bit, it was just kind of a thirst trap because I was like, oh, let me get followers, you know. <laughs> <laughs> An ego boost uh, never hurt anybody. <laughs> right. Do what? An ego boost never hurt anyone. Yeah. And, you know, I, I mean, on my page, I am, I talk about body positivity and I talk about sex positivity as well, because I don't think anyone's fetish should be demonized. Um, so... I think whenever I printed followers, I made a little video um, of me taking my medicine, showing people what it was like to be HIV positive, and I took my pill and said, that's it. And um, the following kind of boomed after that. I mean, I, I'm almost at 4,000 now, and that was, I started my page, uh, well, I started it on February 1st. Um, oh, that's really recent. I had to start it at the end of March because I got deactivated. Because I guess I was just a little too body positive. <laughs> You're also uh, ass positive. No, and Instagram's a bunch of bullshit, so. That <laughs> is yeah, yeah. true. I mean, gay content, especially on Instagram, has been, you know, removed and mm-hmm. reported and accounts oh, yeah. taken down, so. Yeah. And whenever, whenever we started, I mean, there's still... Um, some uh, body positive images that I post. There's still things that I post of me that are a little more revealing. Not quite so much as some other people, but um, yeah. Don't worry, show. guys. There's so plenty that, of gay content. Say that again. <laughs> so don't worry. There's plenty of gay content. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right, there's there no secret what I like. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a really interesting thing, and. Um, I've received messages from people who have been positive for 30 years and they talk about what an inspiration I am, which is so weird to me because those are the people that I look up to who went through AZT, who went through the Reagan and Bush administrations, who went through watching their friends die. And I'm like, it's really difficult to take that compliment because I feel like I haven't gone through as much as those people. But um, I guess in some way it's different because I'm so much more vocal. I was vocal about it very quickly. Um, and I was told by the psychotherapist who came in to talk to me, the social worker psychotherapist, that usually it took about a year to deal with everything, um, to kind of get the depression out of the way. And I think it was like two months later, I was just chatty Kathy talking to whoever about it because I felt like it was my job to let people know about HIV and the advancement of treatment and being undetectable and all of that. So that way um, the stigma could be eradicated because I, I think my goal was I wanted to personify the virus. So when people thought of HIV, they thought of me or whenever they saw me, they saw a sex positive, body positive, HIV positive individual who was trying to teach people that, you know, you can be sexually desirable and HIV positive at the same time because your value does not change with your status. 
So that's what I've been trying to do over the last, well, since February, but really talking to people since uh, for the last year. Yeah, absolutely. And I would even, you know, I mean, I'm no therapist, but I would suggest that for a lot of people, the time that it takes to deal with all of that is because they are keeping so much in. Mm-hmm. And it, as frightening okay. as it may be to be as open as you have been about it, it mm-hmm. seems like that has really propelled you mm-hmm. forward. Oh, yeah. And I, it forces me to have conversations with people. It forces me. I mean, God, in your own grinder and scrap, like, I'm very upfront with my status because because it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And um, I had one guy, <laughs> he was mad at me because I didn't have my status listed on my profile, on my grinder profile. And I said, well, you know, I am a teacher. And if I'm in the neighborhood of where I'm working, I don't need someone from the community knowing because even though I was completely safe, my administration knew, my coworkers knew. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I knew I was completely safe, I didn't need a parent making a big deal out of it. Yeah. And um, he said, it just feels like you're hiding something. And I said, I'm literally talking to you about my HIV status right now. I think he was angry because he started talking to me and wouldn't have had he known. Yeah. You know, and for those kinds of conversations, I have not been a victim of a lot of um, hatefulness. Like I know some people have, Um, I've seen it, but I haven't really been on the receiving end of it. So I'm lucky in that regard, but um, it's forced me to have those conversations and talk to people and kind of figure out where my boundaries are as far as what I want people to talk to me about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, but and I was really, really pleased whenever you pleased. <laughs> I was really excited whenever you asked me to do this podcast because it was something that I had thought about doing and saying I want to have um, um I want to have the opportunity to talk to a lot of people about this and I want to have the platform to do it. And as a matter of fact, I think back in February, I did um, I did a I did an open mic night at a stand up comedy club. And I talked about the first two weeks of me being HIV positive and just made jokes of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was terrifying because there were maybe 15 people there. And it was like an hour and a half into the show. And they weren't really laughing because it was an epic mic night. Yeah. Also, like, how do you make was, jokes about your jokes. first two weeks <laughs> of being HIV positive? I mean, you kind of throw it out there like, oh, yeah, it's a gold mine, But really... <laughs> <laughs> You know, and I was terrified because I was like, oh, my God, these people have been sitting on their hands the whole night for the last hour and a half, and I'm about to stand up in front of them and talk about HIV. I don't think this is going to go well. Um, but it did. It was received really well, and I had a couple people come up and talk to me about how much they enjoyed it, and it was kind of – it was more motivation to keep doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So um, it's been really interesting and something that I said I didn't know if I want to talk about or not, but I, I will. Um it has also helped me focus on my sobriety mm-hmm. um, because I know I, I had a, a bit, I had an addiction problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, today is day 62. Hey. Then, yeah. Picked up my chip two nights ago. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's also helped with that. And through that program and through me having to be more honest with myself and focus on my priorities and what I want my life to be. Um, I wouldn't say that HIV has been a blessing, but it definitely has helped open my eyes to a lot of what's important to me. Did it sort of snap some things into focus, maybe? Oh, yeah. 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 It, it definitely... Because, I mean, God, I, I started taking my medicine three days before my birthday. 
Yeah. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, my, yeah I, my, my birthday is in 11 days. And so um, I'll be 30. Happy early and birthday. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you. Um, so it was kind of a, it was, I, I'm always petrified that my birthday is going to be shitty. And last year was just <laughs> aces, you know. So, um, but I, I was sitting in the band's tower teaching grill to the kids. And um, thinking, God, I, my life has changed, and I don't want to do this anymore. I need to go do something different. And so I started looking at career goals. I started looking at who I thought was important, what I thought was important. And it all pointed back to me. I hadn't been focusing on myself enough. And um, I was always terrified of being thought of as selfish. Um, and I think because of that, I gave a lot of myself to other people and I never took time for me. But over the last couple of months, it's been really freeing to say, no, I'm going to stay at home. I'm going to relax. I'm not going to do extra work today. And so that kind of helped me to realize that, you know, taking time to travel, taking time to get to know people, taking time to enjoy myself, um, it forced me to do that. Mm -hmm. That's important. um, Self-care is not selfish. Self-care is... (laughs) needed yeah it's necessary i I had to learn that and that that was one thing too like whenever i was diagnosed i realized that i mean the eight years that i was a teacher i went to the doctor apart from like regular like getting tested regularly i went to the doctor maybe twice during those eight years Mm -hmm. um and didn't go for checkups i mean if i was sick i wouldn't even stay home i would i would still go to work yeah Um, and i just i i realized very quickly all at one time that i had not been taking care of myself i had not I didn't have my best interest, you know, at the forefront. And as soon as I found out, oh, they should be positive, I, I told a lot of people, I said, I'm going to have to start focusing on me. There's going to be days whenever I'm going to have to take time off of work so I can go to the doctor and get my blood work done. And it kind of, it, it was very, very lovely. It helped to center my, uh, my focus on what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. And do you find as you're kind of speaking to people and going on social, like we did a poll um, for last week's show that didn't, didn't end up airing because we had audio issues, <laughs> but we did a poll about prep mm-hmm. and, you know, surprisingly only about 35, 40% of our audience yeah. was on prep and, you know, we have pretty big, like, well, at least my insights tell me we have a very male uh, and gay audience. So are, are you finding that people are not aware of uh, what it means to be, let's say, um, on prep and what that means versus what it means to be uh, undetectable? Yeah, I I do. And I'm I, with females and straight men, I'm not as surprised whenever they don't know something. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, I hate to like <laughs> kind of stereotype that, but you know, it really I mean, they don't have to worry about it as much as the gay community. Um, although the the highest percentage of people affected are bisexual um, African American men, mm-hmm. that's the highest uh, uh, population at risk. But um, you know, whenever I hear another gay man tell me, I had one one of my friends ask me, "So were you undetectable whenever you found out you were HIV positive?" I said, "No, baby, that's not how it works." <laughs> but you know, I had I had one person ask me if the doctors knew how it happened. And I <laughs> I said, um, well, "I didn't have an accident in the lab. I had a lot of unprotected sex." <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I, I had found that some people 
don't know about prep. So whenever I tell them about it, they still seem skeptical. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever I tell them about being undetectable, I mean, I've had guys who say to me, I know what undetectable means, but it still makes me nervous. And I said, then you don't know what undetectable means. Exactly. Um, you know, they're willing to sleep with someone who says they're HIV negative, but they don't know, you know, um, I've had people ask me if I'm on prep and my partner is undetectable, what are the chances of me becoming HIV positive? I was like, zero, you know, um, you're, you're taking care of yourself. But there, I mean, there are people who aren't aware of prep, aren't aware of what it does. And whenever I tell them about it, they're like, that's amazing. I'm like, it's been out for a few years. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it really has. I mean, in the larger cities, for sure, I think people mm-hmm. are more aware of it. Perhaps more in the gay community, there's certainly a little more mm-hmm. literature and yeah. stuff like that. I think even, right. on, even on the apps, I don't know how to use any of the apps, but I think there's... <laughs> Probably some mm-hmm. some ads for it or stuff. Yeah. So oh, you know. Oh yeah. Um, and it's on Scruff all the time. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And um, what was it? there was a uh, one of my friends. He works in the medical field uh, up in New York City, and he told me he said, you know, I really think that if more straight people knew about prep, they would just start putting it in the water. You know. They, they would yeah. That, well, you know. <laughs> you know, I've always <laughs> said. You know what? A, what an asset that would be to people. Well, we always trigger it as a gay disease, and yeah. but a lot of straight people don't even get tested unless they have symptoms for anything, unless there's a discharge or something. So there's how many people are walking out there with being untreated, not knowing that they have anything at all. Right. Because that's, people that's love to just, because they don't feel something or they don't see something, assume that they're okay. Mm-hmm. And that that's a historical problem too, because the you know it wasn't AIDS or HIV to begin with; it was gay-related immunodeficiency syndrome, so it was called GRID. And then, if it wasn't called that, it was called the gay cancer. Mm-hmm. And all of the reporting agencies, newspapers, you know, um, TV, radio, it only talked about gay people with the disease. It never talked about. The problem that it could be passed on to heterosexuals. They they marketed it as if you have gay sex, you could get this. And then I believe one of the first really public figures was Magic Johnson, and that's whenever people started realizing, oh, this could happen to me. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is crazy it, he, because yeah. by the time Magic Johnson, you know, revealed his status to the world. Mm-hmm. We had already known about HIV for what, like fifty years? Yeah, thirty years. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I think. Was it the early 90s, whenever he announced it? Right, but I mean, there are, aren't there some resources going back to, even in the, some, um, some in South Africa and the Congo, where they've actually found that? Mm-hmm. It was in the early 80s, yeah, okay, whenever yeah. it first started showing up. So it had, it had been around, they just didn't know what it was for yeah. the longest time. Mm-hmm. And it was a few years, and then of course the Reagan administration ignored it. Um, and then the Bush administration continued that tradition. Um, but yeah, and I think because of the historical prejudice or stigma against HIV, a lot of heteronormative heterosexual people just aren't aware of the developments because of it, because they still kind of see it as a gay disease. Mm-hmm. So I think that's part of the conversation that needs to be had as well. Um, I mean, I, you know, and I still have people on Instagram that'll message me and ask me a lot of questions about it, or they'll tell me how scared they are to go to the doctor and get tested because they don't want to know. Like, well, not knowing is so much more dangerous. Yeah, exactly. If you're good to go, 
like medicine. Yeah. Know? And there's so many other tests that they run too. You know, they, they check your liver function, your kidney function, your brain function, your heart function. So because of all of that, they can also tell you how healthy you are. So it's not just an HIV test. They test everything in your body to make sure that you're ticking correctly. Yeah, so and if and they do catch something, they can fix it quickly. I mean, whenever I was first diagnosed, after I started my medicine, one of my doctor visits, we did an EKG, a, a chest X-ray. They tested my liver, my kidneys, my cholesterol, um, and they also um, gave me like three or four preventative shots: pneumonia, um, tetanus, and then they've also been giving me um, uh, HIV, uh, HIV um, Hep A, Hep B, Hep C, and um, HPV. They've been they've been making sure that I get all of that as well because my immune system is you know already compromised. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so you're you're getting the vaccines for those. Threat, they do a they do a comprehensive test of your whole body. Yeah. So they you know, even if you are HIV negative, there's other things that they can find. Yeah. Exactly. So sure. It's, it's, it's really um, a good thing for anybody. Yeah, you kind of it kind of lets you know where you're at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and it does put you in a position to protect yourself against other things. I mean, like you were just mentioning, there are vaccines for a number of things that you can that you can get now, and they're all actually mm-hmm. free. And you know, if you mm-hmm. go through the clinic and yep. all that. So and, and it's also and it's also too the the more aware you are of your sexual health, the less likely you know you'll be able to have conversations to help and the spread of the virus mm-hmm. or you know you might say when was the last time you tested oh god it's been a year and a half Ooh, you know what maybe we should go together you yeah because mm-hmm. um, maybe it's not just a conversation that you should have with your sexual partner maybe you know your best friend who's like girl i went to eagle the other night you wouldn't believe the number of guys i met in the bathroom be like, mm, let's go to the health clinic you know yeah let's check out see how we're doing you know um, what advice would you give to someone who has just found out that they were positive and feels like they have no resources or has anyone to reach out to? I think if they felt like they had absolutely no resource, I would tell them to reach out to their medical clinic because the public health system has developed such a network of help. I mean, whenever I, whenever I found out that I was positive, they set me uh, up with a social worker and two other uh, doctors uh nurse practitioners. And um, they also said that they would make sure that there was a therapist on call, there was a, a social worker on call for me. So they, they have a network of, of resources for people who just find out. So that is offered right away. Um, I would say if you feel like you can't talk to anybody about it, lean on those people, call those counselors, talk to those people. Um, or reach out to any foundation, and I probably care that 45 states, they have a ton of resources for people who have just found out. Um, I, if they're in a more rural area, that's a little more difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are so many resources online. Um, if you just search HIV, AIDS, um, Ryan White Foundation is one that I can think of. Um, and you may be surprised. There may be a local organization. Planned Parenthood does a lot of great work for people with HIV. Oh, I had no idea. And, yeah, they do. Yeah, they're 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 a, they're a supporter as well. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. um, but a lot of you know, a lot of local doctors' offices. Some of them aren't equipped, so they might send you to a specialist, mm-hmm. or they may be homophobic and don't want to deal with you. And if that's the case, you have to keep in mind that there's nothing wrong with you. My doctors told me they have patients with diabetes that concern them more than me. 
Isn't you know, that they're, something? They're, they're more concerned <laughs> with their diet patients. So you have to remember that it's, it's not a death sentence. And there were so many people that said that to me when I first found out that I just got sick of hearing it. <laughs> um, so I had to You're like, I know. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I know. I mean, one person told me, you're so lucky that you have it now. I was like, I don't think that's the word you <laughs> No, I'm not lucky. Um I'm, I'm fortunate that I have it now and there's treatment available to me rather than in the early days. Yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> that, I think that's the direction. But I just realized that you are fortunate that there are so many medical treatments available. Your value hasn't changed. You're not a dirty person. Yeah. You're, not, you're not tainted. Yeah, and there are people, people like you who... They were actually visible and speaking out about this, whereas before people were a lot more closeted or in denial yeah. or just kind of yeah. keeping it to themselves, which doesn't do anyone any good. Mm-mm. And I think if you're if you're willing to talk about it, there are going to be people who will listen. I've been really surprised at that. I, I've uh, really enjoyed your your candor and you know, kind of not only just telling people where you're at, you know, in your journey, but like what you're thinking about. Um, I think that that's, um, to me, you know, it's something that I'm certainly, you know, interested in. So I, thank you. I, I do and thank you for sharing all that with us. Of course. And I, I had, um, you know, I've had a few friends who, you know, in the early, early parts of my Instagram page being open, I was like, oh my God, I've got a thousand followers. And they're like, do you care about that? Or do you actually care about it? So I'm like, I care that there are so many people who want to hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I think it's a wonderful thing. I'm like, I wasn't expecting to have this type of reaction to it. And God mm-hmm. knows, like, I could always post more. I could always talk more. But it's it's been really interesting to hear people talk, or really interesting to hear people like talk to me about how motivational it is or inspirational. And for me, I'm just kind of talking about my life. I've never really been secretive with things, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, my brother gets mad at me because I'll talk about my sex life and he's like, I don't need to hear how many people you had last night. Because <laughs> 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 you know? it's frustrated with me because I'm just so open with a lot of things. Yeah. Um, but I mean you just have to speak your truth and that's how it is, mm-hmm. honestly. People can kind of tune in or tune out to it. That's yeah. That's not on you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've had... It was about eight months ago, one of my brother's roommates um, told me, he was like, as as candid as you are and as open as you are with a lot of things, I think that this is going to be a good thing. I think you being so open with it is going to really help a lot of people. Yeah, 100. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and we really thank you so much for, for speaking to us today and sharing your story with our listeners. Again, you guys, you can follow him on Instagram at the underscore positive otter. Go follow him right now. Uh, and of course, while you're while we're wrapping up the show, it's a great reminder that we're also on social media at Richie and Wes. And if you're listening to the sound of my voice, that means you can subscribe, share, and give us a five star review. Until next time. <laughs> Bye, you guys. Goodbye, guys.